Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. How's everyone doing? Good, good, good. Anyone um, fasting this week or done an element of fasting? Yes, fantastic. I'll tell you a bit more about that in a minute on my journey this week. But I want to reflect on last week's message from Nath, who continued our Make Room series after we've cleared the ground in January. We were intentional about trying to clear the stuff out of our life that clutters our relationship with God and stops us hearing from him. And then February is more of an attack mode. We're now going on attack. So last week we learned about fasting, what it means to fast and how we fast. And today we're going to look into making room for prayer. Because there's something when fasting and prayer comes together, there's something powerful in that. Just this week, um, OC Kids have been given a prayer and fasting journal. So we've got these things. OC Kids have got one that is much nicer than this. All sorts of colours and challenges and brilliant design by the OC Kids team. I was sitting down with my my kids and asking them, what are you going to fast this week? And they came up with a plethora of options. If I fast this, I can then do this. And if I give this up, I can then do this. And what they were doing is, is replacing tech time with toy time. <laughs> and so in their head, if they fast the technical stuff, I can move to toys. And it got me thinking about how that's what we can do. We can give something up for God, but replace it with something that doesn't actually benefit our relationship with him. And the whole idea of giving something up in terms of fasting is to create that bit of room to pray, to create that bit of room to nudge forward with him. And when we talk about prayer, sometimes we can switch off immediately because we know. We know how to pray. I know how to pray. You know how to pray. And we end up limiting ourselves to where we currently are with prayer. And we put God in his little prayer box. Today, I want to try and open that prayer box. I want to smash apart the prayer box. And I'm going to have a few friends in a minute come and help me do that on stage. Because I believe there can be more to our prayer life than where we're currently at. Amazing. So often in church, we put up um, quotes on the screen from amazing people, from famous people, from celebrities, from, from deep theologians. Today, I've got a quote from me. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. This is what God spoke to me about this week. So my quote is this, the boundary of our personal prayer life isn't to do with God's restrictions, but with the limitations we place on it. But it got me thinking around the limitations that I place on my prayer life. Because I know how to pray, I have a pattern of prayer, I have a rhythm of prayer, which is great. But so often there's limitations I place on my prayer life, which stops God doing what I'm asking him to do. These limitations could be such things as guilt or pride or frustration. God, why? Maybe lack of persistence. I just stopped praying for it because it's not happened yet. All of these things can hinder our prayer life. And God wants us to break out of the restrictions of our prayer life and take us out of our limitations. This week in my devotions, I've been doing a prayer devotion in preparation for this message. And it opened up with a brilliant statement around prayer. And it got me thinking of prayer in a new way. 
And this is what it said. The enemy has no ability to contain prayer. Prayer is spiritually nuclear in nature. It is the raw material of God and his people. It's out of the enemy's influence. He has no power to warp or influence the prayer's trajectory to God's throne after it's been prayed. Once your prayer is unleashed, it bounces around eternity, burning before the throne of God like incense. This is why prayer is so spiritually dangerous for the enemy. It supersedes the limitations of our world because prayer is immortal. It has no boundaries and no marker lines. It holds ultimate potential. The best the enemy can hope for is that you don't pray. And much of his strategy is to discourage you from praying because a prayer never prayed has zero chance of ever being answered. Wow. Wow. That set up my week of prayer and fasting because I find myself stopping praying for certain things because I haven't been answered. And this encouraged me to, to keep praying because once a prayer's prayed, it's up there and it's bouncing around the throne room of God. Bouncing around the throne room of God. This week I've been, um, been fasting um, for seven days. This is my seventh day. The last thing I actually ate was on stage just here, a muffin in service one that Nafe forcefully fed to me. And since then, I've been fasting. And it's been interesting and challenging. But I've learned some stuff around prayer in the process. You see, on Monday morning, I, I literally sat down with God and presented him my prayer requests. God, here's the things I want you to do to me this week if I fast. If I do this, then surely you've got to do this. And you know, sometimes when God speaks, he speaks in a, a soft voice and it's a gentle whisper. And it's a nice whisper. Other times he speaks and it's, it's a booming voice and you, it shakes your body. He spoke to me in that way. And he said to me, Tom, throw out the request for now because I want time with you. I said, yeah, but God, surely the idea of me, me fasting and giving up a week worth of food, I need to get something out of it. And he responded, yeah, you'll get out of it. You'll be closer to me. And it struck me that my prayer life had become a to-do prayer life. So yes, I'm close to God. Yes, I love praying. But it had become results-focused. And that's the limitation for me because when the results aren't delivered, I then get frustrated, I then get annoyed, I then get doubt in me, settles in me. My faith can shrink all because I'm placing this limitation on my prayer life. When it comes to prayer in the Bible, Jesus is really fascinating when he talks around prayer because he tells us to, to ask, he tells us to, to seek, he tells us to knock, so he tells us to pray but in the context of relationship. Because just after, just after he said that, he then says, oh, just like you fathers and mothers on earth, know your children, God knows you. He's setting the prayer in a context of relationship with the Father. And so our challenge today in church is to, to try and move from a results-focused prayer to a relationship type of prayer. Because I believe that if we can nudge forward in our relationship with God, the results will follow. They're the byproduct of this prayer life. They're not the focus of this prayer life. Before I invite some friends to the stage, I want to tell you a little story because it sets up the panel really, really well. 
So a couple of months back, we, we flew back from our holiday and we, we landed in, in Heathrow Airport and we paid for our pram to be gate-checked. Now that means that you can waltz your pram right up to the aeroplane and they put a little label on it, they fold it up, chuck it in the hold and then when you land, the pram is miraculously provided by the plane, which is amazing when you've got three kids and lots of bags and, and you're trying to navigate through an airport. And flying out, this was absolutely fine, but flying back, we hit a problem. You see, we landed at Heathrow and we got out of the plane. We were last out of the plane. So surely the pram is going to be there. But we got to the edge of the steps and there was no pram. So now we're in a quandary. What do we do? Do we, do we stay and wait for this pram to turn up or do we assume the pram's been taken and put on the conveyor belt? So we think, oh, we'll, we'll just stop it. Surely 10 minutes, it'll be, it'll be here. So 10 minutes go by, no pram. 20 minutes go by, no pram. The kids are starting to get agitated now because we've just flown eight hours and they want to go home, but we're stuck waiting for a pram. The cleaning team come onto the plane. I've never seen these guys before because normally we're gone. The cleaning team come on and they speak to us. Oh, what are you waiting here for? Oh, waiting for our pram. And they just laugh and off they go. Stuck waiting for a pram. And then, and then the cabin crew start descending the plane. And I've never seen these guys come off either. I thought they lived on the plane, but they actually come off the plane and they wander past us and say, ah, oh, are you guys lost? What are you waiting for here? Because we're stood literally just by the bottom of the plane. We see the runway right in front of us. Like, what, what are you here for? Oh, we're waiting for our pram. And they say, ah, oh, it, it shouldn't take that long. Normally the, the gate checked items are straight out. But we're now hitting 35, 40 minutes. I've stood there in the cold waiting for a pram. The cabin crew go off and the next two people to come out is the, the pilot and his first mate. So they come out and open a dialogue with us. They open a dialogue and say, ah, oh, what are you guys doing here? Are you lost? Why are you waiting here? You should be home by now. You should be gone. It's an hour after our flight and we're stood at the bottom of the steps with three kids running around. I'm not happy. Laura's not happy. And the captain opens a dialogue. So, so we start talking to him and he's asking us about a holiday and where we've been from. And, and I'm thinking, I don't want to be talking to you about this. I want my pram so we can go. So five minutes later... He turns around and says, I'll get your pram. So the captain walks off and he disappears into, into the plane. And his first mate looks at us and says, ah, oh, he never does this. He, normally he, he's gone. He, he would never stick around after a flight, he's gone. But something had happened in, in that five minute chat where we built a little rapport. You could say we had a little relationship start where the captain said, ah, oh, I'll get it. And within two minutes, he wanders out with, with our pram. The captain bringing our pram. And I said, oh, wh why did it take so long? And, and he said, fascinating story. There was a dog loose in the hold. So it's not just you waiting. Everyone on your plane is waiting in the baggage hall. So you've probably got the best space to wait because you're in the open. You're, you're, you're away with everyone. And there must be chaos in the baggage area. Everyone waiting an hour after their flight for, for their bags. A dog had escaped. And even before the bags came off, we had our pram because the captain went in. And I said, oh, how, how did you do that for us? How, how did you do it? And he said, oh, sometimes you've got to send the captain in. Sometimes you've got to send the captain in. And you see, the captain brought the results. There was nothing I could do to, to force my pram. There was nothing anyone else could do to force the pram. Nothing anyone else could do. We were trapped in Heathrow, with chaos around us, but sent the captain in, and he delivered the results. 
If I asked him to go and get the pram, he probably would have said no. Because he didn't do that stuff. But in our five-minute relationship, he caught something and went to get the pram. So when I invite my panel to the stage, listen to their gold, listen to their wisdom, listen to their years of experience of their prayer life. But what they're communicating is, send the captain in. Send the captain in. The thing you can't get, the thing you've been trying to get your hands on, send the captain in. But before you do that, come closer to the captain. Come closer to him and allow the results to follow. Church, would you put your hands together as I welcome up our fantastic prayer panel to the stage. What a beautiful bunch of people these are. Some proper prayer warriors here. And what I'd ask you to do is over the next 15 or 20 minutes, allow what they're saying to settle in your heart and soul. A different type of message today, but God can speak in it. Because there's some mega, mega wisdom sat over here. And each one of these guys I've, I've invited to be part of this panel because there's something I see in them that I want. And I think we need. When they pray, there's something that, that they press into. There's something that they touch into. There's an aroma that comes from their prayers. And I want it. I want us to have it. Even before the meeting, we, we prayed as a team upstairs and, and putting these guys into the room. Set the room on fire. And, and me and some of the team were saying, we need these guys in the room more. Because there's something they do that's contagious. There's something that rises faith. Because they... They press into the throne room of God. They don't just pray. They pray. So let's start with, let's start with you, Sue and Andy. So Sue, you oversee um, our church network in terms of prayer. Um, can you tell us a bit about what that entails? And what, what are you praying for in terms of our churches? It's not just Gloucester, but one church has a network. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, I've got a group of ladies who join me with this, and we pray as often as we can. Uh, so we'll pray for each church in the network, including this one, um, and we name our leaders before God and their families, their, their kids, for their protection. We pray for our front row teams in all our churches. We pray for our leadership teams. We pray for our directors. Uh, we pray for our apostolic teams and those who make decisions, um, for the, the presence of God, for the guidance of God, for the Holy Spirit to move and direct their personal lives, their personal walks and challenges with Jesus. We pray for the areas that they're working in, that God will awaken people out of their homes and their flats come to come into the house of God and be born again. And we pray against certain things that we feel that are perhaps restricting in certain areas and we just blast them out of the way basically uh, <laughs> so that's 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 what I do that that's so we get people together to do that amazing so that is on behalf of us 
as a church and a network. But I wonder, Sue, could you tell us a bit, or Andy, either of you, could you tell us a bit about your personal prayer life? So that's yes. like a corporate thing you do for us. But yes. what does your personal prayer life look? And you and Andy together, what, what do you pray for? How do you guys pray? Yeah, so my kind of prayer rhythm, it started like a, just as a child, just demonstrated by my parents. And I would listen and copy, because that's what children do yeah. and learn. Yeah. And I had sort of those little intimate answers to my nighttime prayers which I won't go into because it would take forever but God answered prayer on several occasions for me and I knew he answered prayer Um, so my prayer rhythm now is that I get up and as soon as I can after getting up before breakfast I will find somewhere to go and if it's a busy household that day I'll go in the garden room and put the heater on and freeze <laughs> two blankets round me and sit and pray in there. Just get somewhere on my own. And, and I found that through the years, that's grown. So it started with a minute and a half, probably. And then it grew to five minutes. And then as a teenager, I thought I was doing well with eight minutes. And reading the scripture as well to encourage my praying. And then that's just grown. Through the years as I've developed my relationship with, with God and I want to spend more time there. And I'm semi-retired now, so I've got no excuse but to pray. Brilliant. Brilliant. You got a mic? Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate everything you said in the introduction. Some very important things there about <clears throat> not having a prayer list so much, but seeking the presence of God. I really appreciate that. Um, I've been very conscious of that. What do I want for the church as well? And uh, yes, I want that person healed and I want this done here, but I want the church changed. I want it woken up. I want us to really be aware of the, of the presence of God. And um, that's costly, actually. We can't earn it in, on one hand, but we've got to be ready to lay down every attitude and every action that stops us coming into the presence of God. That's vital. And um, let me just say something about the the idea of discipline in prayer as well. Because um, I remember not so long ago, my prayer time had dwindled, and I was a bit uh, conscious of that. Um, So I I applied discipline in order to make myself spend time in the presence of God. So I got a timer and said, you don't have to do this if this doesn't work for you. But I got a timer and I said, I'm going to spend at least that amount of time in the first thing in the morning uh, seeking God. And just so I didn't have to think, have I prayed enough or uh, or anything like like that? It was discipline. And I wasn't and I didn't I wasn't conscious of that. I'm earning. It wasn't that. It was discipline. I'm going to sort this out. And so it started at a certain amount of time. And then when that was a regular pattern for me and that became natural, I, I increased it, so uh, that's, that's, uh, I think that's an important thing. Uh, structure is very helpful too. Uh, so I frequently pray the Lord's Prayer. Um, and if you just pray it as a poem, it may not, have in, um, may not have much effect. But if you enter into it, it, every word means something to me. And then that sets up the structure for, for the rest of my prayer. So having prayed that... 
and entered into it, then I can start again. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, a time of praise. Okay, I'm going to praise God for a bit. And then work the way through that structure. That really helps me, rather than wondering what I should pray. And I think the other thing that really, really, really helps me is, is praying in tongues. So whenever you pray in tongues, the, the Bible tells us that it, it is prayer. It is prayer. And, and that's God helping us. So if you don't know what tongues is, it's a supernatural gift from God uh, that's available to anyone who's put their trust in him. So that really, really helps me. I don't know what to pray. I pray in tongues and pray in tongues. And something comes to mind, I pray that out. And uh, so that's, that's been a great help. Okay. Wow. Wisdom right there from these two. Really practical ways of how they've entered into the throne of God in prayer. Um, the other three guys there, have you got any other prayer rhythms that you would differ to Sue and Andy? How do you guys pray? Hello, church. Uh, for me, I, I'm, I'm different in the sense of I don't have, like, um, I've got a two and a four-year-old, so in the m- mornings don't work. I'm getting jumped on the face and hot tea thrown on me and stuff. So for me, um, I drive a lot with work um, to and from different schools, to and from different stuff, just doing um, all the stuff that I do there. So my, my, my time is then. Um, so if I'm on the van on my own, I, I, but my, my rhythm as such for, for praying, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't just say I take like a 10 minute period. For me, it's normally like a month. And what I'll do is I'll read a, a certain passage in scripture. It might just be something tiny, like a, a specific story. And then I'll just dwell on it. And it could be for a month or two months is where most of my messages come from. If you hear us speak um, on a Sunday and, and it's that, it's that whole unpacking of something. And God, what does that mean? What, in that story, how do I fit into your, your plan? What, like when you're talking about stuff or you're reading about stuff, how can I fit into that? So for me, it's not so much of a, um, yeah, like a, a time schedule, more of it's me, me opening my time to an open-ended discussion with God for the month. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that, that's normally how I do it. Um, but my goal is to get like that. <laughs> that that's my goal. So, <laughs> yeah, semi-retired. But <laughs> I've got a few years yet. So, Fantastic. I love the variety in, in prayer rhythms and journeys. Um, Yemi, Dave, let's throw the next question to you guys. Um, so this is in relation to prayer and fasting. So when you combine prayer and fasting together, in your experience, what have you seen? What's happened in your life when you combine prayer and fasting? Yeah, um, I, I think everything starts with the um, intimacy. Because um, when you go to God, um, over the years, uh, I've found that I've grown in my prayer life and our prayer life because Todd and myself, we do pray together. Um, what we found is that when, you're, you know, it's all about relationship. First of all, is you acknowledging the presence of God and, uh, you know, making him, you, you humble yourself, you come to him. And as you come to him, then, you know, you do your talking, cha-cha-cha-cha-cha, and then also you listen. Very good. Yeah. So you listen to what he's saying to you. And um, as he's talking to you, the, the game changer for us was the obedience side of things, you know, because most of the time, you, God says something like, oh, can I really do that? Oh, can, you know, that doesn't make sense. But what we found is that we, uh, we go to him based on humility that, oh, okay, whatever you say, God, I'll do it. And so from there, as we started to take those little steps, we found that, oh, 
oh, if God says I can do this, from there we started to have that confidence that it wasn't me doing it, it was God in mm. us doing it. And that's how it all started. So when God says, okay, if it starts to prod you, I want you to fast, then I will fast. And that's how that developed. You could say, well, I want you to fast for a day, or I want you to fast for a week, or I want you to fast for a month. That's how. So it's based on the obedience side of things. Mm, yeah, but brilliant. it started with just do what I tell you to do. Yeah, and, and from there, what we found as well is that when we come to him, you know, if you're saying, okay, what are you saying, God? The next thing is almost like a movie. It starts to show you things. Oh, and as you see that thing, oh, okay. This eye plays out, and then you, you follow along with it. So, and the more it's like something being peeled off your eyes, it's like, oh, and that just has to become like a real thing to you. And the more you got closer, the more it became, yeah, more tangible. Yes, yeah. Wow, amazing. Come on, church, that was brilliant. Based on humility, coming to the Father. I love the idea of prayer life becoming like a movie where God reveals stuff to you, which is fantastic. And also, did anyone notice the slip of the tongue from Yemi fasting for a month? <laughs> Just said so easily. Um, so amazing. Brilliant, Yemi. Dave, same question to you. What, what results have you seen from bringing this idea of prayer and fasting together in your walk with God? What's happened in your world when you do that? Uh, so it brings uh, a greater focus. It also dictates a time as well. You know, when we do have busy lives, and I remember when my kids were very young, that, yeah, it'd be really tricky to, to pray in the morning. Um, but when you say, okay, this is a meal time that I am not taking physical food, it's set a, a schedule. So that makes it a lot easier. But also it brings focus to your mind. So uh, I, if I can recount um, a couple of times where I have felt the need to fast as well as pray um, as, as a form of testimony. And I, I, this came to me from something that Jesus spoke to his disciples about, that in certain circumstances, it requires a little bit more of you. So that's where the fasting part comes from. Uh, now, <clears throat> my wife and I, we had a very elongated and difficult journey to family. Uh, and I'm not going to go into the whole testimony, but there was a moment where I felt like my prayers were bouncing off the ceiling. And how can you crack through that barrier that you have put between you and God? Because it, with spiritual maturity, you understand that God has not put any barriers there. He destroyed all of those when Jesus died and rose again. The veil of the temple was torn in two. The holy place was accessible. So bringing fasting into that scenario, I was on holiday. I wasn't feeling good. Uh, I was with good friends. uh, And a friend lent me his iPod. And there was a certain song that kicked me into a gear of focus. And it was all about that focus. And in that moment where I was laid down, I've got no agenda here, really, Lord. I am just in a lowly position, and I need you. Uh, He actually spoke audibly into me. 
So that focus produced the voice of God. Uh, a second situation, many years later, I'm sat in the Edward Jenner Clinic thinking, God, I hate this place, but I'm so grateful that it's here because of the situation yeah. that my wife finds herself in physically. And there's a guy across from me, uh, he's playing some, it sounds like an African preacher on his phone, he's got no earbuds, he's like full volume, everybody can hear this. And you know, sometimes they're really quite passionate and it's a lot of shouting going on and I'm getting a bit aggravated by this until I realise he's in the Edward Jenner, so he's here for a reason and if this is what he needs to, okay, so cut him some slack. And so I just focused again in that moment close my eyes, God, this is a difficult time. I need to hear from you. And in those moments, God did something for me that's very pictorial. I really love it when he gives us the movie. He did like a Google Earth thing with me, you know, where I see you, David. I see you in the hospital, in hematology. I see the hospital. I see Gloucester. I see the UK, and I'm zooming out until I'm in space, and you get the whole of the globe. I see all of this, but then he didn't leave me out there. He brought me straight back down to where I was and said, I see you. And then he asked me a question, and I think this often happens when we lay down our agenda. God comes to us with the question that we should be asking about the circumstance that we're in. And uh, he said, what do you see? What do you want? Let's be prophetic now, David. Let's, what do you see? And, and I saw a word, remission. And that was for my wife's blood cancer. And so that started a different journey, and it only came through that focus. And that's what fasting, attaching to prayer, will help you sharpen. My wife doesn't have blood cancer. You know, we had to stick needles in her for a while. And there was a journey to walk. And I think maybe I could just finish my little bit with with this. What I've learnt through trying to become more mature as a a believer, and it's an onward journey, you know, I'm not mature, I'm working towards some maturity, it's to stop praying the prayers, God, get me out of here, and start praying the prayers, God, get me through this. And I think that's probably been the biggest lesson I've learnt in prayer in, in my day so far. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow, thank you, Dave. Love the testimony, love the honesty. I love the inspiration. I can feel my faith rising. Like, oh, God answers prayers. And there's something powerful of this prayer and fasting combination. We're, we're running out of time, so I'm going to ask each of you to answer the last question um, and spend a few seconds on it. So the question is, what, like, one pearl of wisdom would you give us in order to just nudge our prayer life forward? 
So to become like you, Sue and Andy, that, that's taken years of sharpening and digging deeper with your relationship with God. But what, what bit of wisdom could you give us just so we can nudge a tiny bit closer into his presence? Um, anyone on the panel can answer at any time. I would agree with Andy with what he's mentioned earlier. The Lord's Prayer is a brilliant place to start. Do it frequently. Brilliant. But take it section by section. First part, you remember who it is you're coming to and let your mind expand who God actually is and all that entails and the fact that he is father therefore my relationship is as son Brilliant. or daughter. Brilliant. Great answer. Thank you. Uh, never give up just persevere and be ready to reset so don't um, be hard on yourself and say I failed again didn't I uh, but just be ready to reset because God is there for you when you turn back to him. So just never give up. Never Brilliant. give up. Great. Sue. Yeah, never, never look up here at a panel of people and think they've all got it together. I remember as a teenager looking at a stage of people and thinking, I'm never going to get that. They're God's favourites. What a load of rubbish. It's just we've been on the journey a bit longer. God is so vast vast and what he's trying to teach us is that we've all got a personal journey and we've just got to start it and keep going you can't put the bible on your knee and open the page that's what you've got to do he, he can't say okay now it's time to pray sit down pray in the car pray in the bus stop pray wherever you pray at the sink pray changing your nappies do whatever you do not your nappy but the children's nappy <laughs> And just learn, learn the rhythm of, really of it. It changes all the time. Yeah. And he's a heavenly father. He wants to teach us to do this. Brilliant. And the more that I've moved towards fasting as well as praying, it's just made me draw into him. Yeah. Nothing else. I, I can't say I've seen massive breakthrough all over the place. But he's drawn me into himself. And my prayer is now help me to get to know you better rather than my whole list of prayer requests. So don't give up. Just keep going with it. And when you fail, get up and do it again until you, you start this journey. And because he meets you halfway. So if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. And it doesn't matter if that's one minute, two minutes or three hours or a month. Okay? Brilliant. Thanks, Sue. Uh, for me, Tom, you've already spoken it in your message just briefly beforehand, but what I wrote down in answer to this was don't, don't bypass the giver to receive the gift, but go to the giver to get the giver, because the gift will come, which is what Tom said, but literally there's this whole thing that you're missing if you just want something from him, but for me it's just go to him because you want him, and if not, just want to want him. That's enough. That's enough. Brilliant. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> what shall I say? Yes, uh, if I, I think, I'm just going to, uh, looking at, um, just let's peep into the backstory. How did it all begin? It began by a, by a loving God that loved humanity. You know that um, man 
is the is the highest thing, the greatest creature God ever made. Mm. And he so he was so pleased with man that he made man in his image and in his likeness. So the greatest thing God ever made that is well pleased with is man. Even angels were looking at, wow, who is man that you made man like this? So when we start from a place of love, that God loves us so much, like you were saying, <laughs> he says in Matthew 7, would you, um, you, earthly fathers, you know, um, you know, <laughs> If your son asks for a, for a bread, would you give him stone? Or if he asks for a fish, would you give him snake? How much more? My heavenly father. So when you go to God based on the love that he has for you, but how do you know that he loves you? Goes back to intimacy. Goes back to knowing the father's heart. And when we know the father's heart, you can be confident of his love for you. You can be confident of the things that he wants for you. So, like, one of the, in my own prayer in the past, one of my prayer when I was asking God for, for something particular, and i like, God, God, I really need you to do this, but I just could not see myself how God was going to do it. And he says to me, takes me back, like I was saying, like a movie, he says, God, look, look at Adam and Eve. Before Adam and Eve... Before I made Adam and Eve, I already created everything they were going to need. All I just did was just plunk Adam into the Garden of Eden. Before Adam said anything, God had already, God knew everything Adam needed. So for us as well, even those who are not born again, God already knows. The answer is already in Jesus. So when you come on the basis that God already knows your need, you can be confident about it. So, first of all, love. You go on the basis of that he loves you so much. Then secondly, it's about when you have that understanding of that love, then you can have hope that irregardless of whatever your situation is, that because he loves me, he will always have the best outcome for me. It might not be the way you, you are expecting it, but because... He loves you, he would always make all things work together for your good. So then you can have hope. Then you're not going to give up. Because if you look at it, even in the, um, uh, in the beginning as well, God already said to Adam and Eve, you can have everything, but this one thing do not have. But what did, what did the devil do? The devil came and said, oh, really? And that's doubt. This is what happens. When things are not happening, we start to doubt, and then we drop. We drop what God, but when you know that he loves you so much, then you can have hope. And then the last bit is faith, which is your currency, and that's the trust. You've got to have trust. You can't be double-minded. You have to do one. That's what happened to um, Adam and Eve. They doubted. Even though they said what God said, but then they decided to do the other thing. Yeah. Amazing. Brilliant. Thanks, Yemi. I love, I love the thought that faith is your currency in your, in your prayer life. Um, 
Thank you, panel, for, for sharing just wisdom and insight and testimonies. Um, but we're going to end church today with asking the panel to pray for us. Um, so there's, there's been heaps of, Steph alluded to earlier, heaps of prayer cards and prayer requests that have come in. So what, what I'm going to ask the panel to do is to pray over some of the prayer cards. And so we've got five minutes left. So that's a minute for each of you to pray over a specific area. So I wonder if the band could come up and join for the last few minutes. Um, and as the band are getting ready, Ad, I'm going to ask you to pray for the first thing. And this is over what we call salvation. because So your story was one of people praying on behalf of you. Because you were in a place where no interest in God or church or faith or relationship with him. But people's prayers draw you to God. So can you lead us in a prayer for salvation, please? Yeah, absolutely. Why don't we stand, church? Come on, we're going to pray. And um, Yeah, I'll just lead us in a prayer of salvation. If there's anyone in the room, be awesome. If you don't know him, we've all been talking this morning about a relationship with, with this God, with this God that loves you, that has created you. So if there's anyone in the room um, that does not know him, why don't you just shut your eyes, church? If you do not know him and you want to know him, let me encourage you. Put your hand up now and I'll just add you in this prayer as we, as we finish this prayer. That's awesome. Hands are going up. What a phenomenal morning. Come on, church. Can we pray? Can we pray? Father God, we lift you up today. What an awesome morning about prayer. And thank you, Jesus, that you choose to use people like us. And so, Father, we pray for the people that have lifted their hands. God, will you reveal yourself to them today? Reveal yourself. Let there, let there be such an amazing atmosphere that they just know that they know that they know that they know that you are real. And God, we pray, as Sue was talking earlier, God, we pray for people to be woken up in their houses today that do not know you. God, we've got a second service and we pray and we prophesy that it will be filled with people coming back that do not know you God we pray for the prodigals will they walk back into the church and God we pray for people that do not know you will they be drawn to you today in your name Amen Amen thank you prayer number one prayer number two I'm going to come to Sue um, Sue as we said earlier you pray on behalf of us as a network of churches so would you pray for us as one church Gloucester and anyone watching online pray that God does something in us as a group of churches yes yes Amen thank you Jesus just give yourself a moment just to listen. Just, just take a deep breath because God is in this house. Breathe him in. Let him bring peace to your troubled minds. Father, and we call you Father because you love us dearly. You've shown us that you've given us everything you could for this and I pray that you will awaken our hearts as your people I pray that you will make us move as the body of Christ should be doing every ligament every joint every heart every bone moving in the right place from the head Jesus Christ all the way down to the toes. Lord, help us to move as the body of Christ, to declare Jesus, to bring healing and life and joy and deliverance and answers to prayer over our homes and our marriages and our children. In the name of Jesus, we speak the life of Christ to come from heaven. We breathe in the kingdom of God into this house into our city, into our homes, 
that the kingdom of heaven will come and your people will rise and be what you want us to be. No more sitting around. Wake us up, God. May the Spirit of the Lord fill us with his gifts. May we be baptised in the Holy Ghost and move like we should and hear like we should, pray like we should, start feeling like we should in the name of Jesus for all our churches, in Jesus' name. Amen. Fantastic. Thank you, Sue. Um, Andy, I'm going to come to you next. Um, So Andy is passionate about us being filled with the Holy Spirit and the power of God. Um, So if you want to be filled right now with the Holy Spirit again, um, I encourage you, just hold your hands out in front of you. Whether you've been filled with the Holy Spirit before or whether you want a fresh outpouring right now, um, as Andy leads us in this prayer, call God down to give you a fresh outpouring of his power. Thank you, Lord, you are here. Your spirit is here and your gifts are for your children. And Father, we pray now as we lift our hearts to you that you will pour out your spirit on us afresh, all of us, Lord, in Jesus' name. And let us have the children's gifts, the gifts that we need to live as you intended to and to affect the world in the way that you affected the world. So, Spirit of God, Come now and fill us afresh. In Jesus' name we ask it. Just receive the Spirit of God. Breathe in the Spirit of God. And whatever he breathes in, you breathe out. In Jesus' name. Breathe on us, breath of God. Fill us with life anew. That we may love the things you love. And do the things you do. In Jesus' name. Receive the Spirit of God in Jesus' name. Receive the Spirit of God in Jesus' name. A new gift to you today in Jesus' name. Just breathe in. If He gives you a new language, you speak it out. He doesn't do that bit. Whatever He puts in, just speak it out. Wonderful. Wonderful. Two more prayers before we end. Dave, I'm going to ask you to come and pray over families. This man carries something for prayer for his children and for families. And when I hear him pray for families, I'm like, I want that in my family. Um, So Dave, would you pray on behalf of families in the room? God, we thank you that this relationship between us is open that we can talk to you and we can hear you speak to us Lord I pray for those that are on the journey to family God it's such a tough journey to walk when things just don't seem to be happening and I pray against the sense of guilt or feeling unworthy that Something that they have done is the barrier. Lord, break through that this morning. Heal those hearts this morning. And for those of us with young children, I pray that you will help us with the responsibility of being the custodian, not the owner. They belong to you. So, Father, help us to teach the children in the way that they should go. Help us to demonstrate daily 
what it is to communicate with the Heavenly Father, what it is to hear from Him through Your Word. Help us to read and pray with our children as, as they grow, they will be stronger. And Father God, I pray that we will listen to our children when they tell us what it is You've said to them. Lord God, help us not dismiss just because they are young, but help us to be attuned to your Holy Spirit in what he does through children. And Father God, I pray a blessing on every family with older children, younger children, with babies, because you said, let the children come to me. Don't forbid them. Let them come to me because there is so much that I want to impart to children. And Father God, I pray for those in this room that have children that have decided not to follow you. Father, I pray that you will help them as they carry the fragrance of your Holy Spirit within their family, that that will rub off onto their children that have walked away, but it will stimulate the memories of what it was in their house that was real, that could be trusted in, that brought hope and had a future. Bring them back in, Lord God, I pray, and help us to never stop praying for our children, for their futures. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Dave. What a prayer. And Yemi, let's wrap up with you. Um, man of faith, a man of passion, a man of um, African shouting, as um, <laughs> Dave put it so well. Um, would you pray for every single need represented in this room? Pray that faith rises and God breaks through in every need represented in this room right now. Yes. Heavenly Father, we come to you on the basis of who you are. We come to you on the basis that you are a good God. We come to you on the basis you are a good Father. We come to you on the basis that you've said we should draw near to you, you would draw near to us. We come on the basis that you said that we should seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness and every other thing will be added to us. We thank you because you said we should ask that it will be given to us. You said we should seek and we shall find. You said we should knock and the door shall be opened unto us. Yeah. You said everyone that ask, everyone. And so Father, we just want to thank you for every need that is in here to this, this morning. Father, you know all hearts, you know each individual needs. And as we bring every need before you this morning, Father, we pray you are the God of miracles, the God of wonders, the promise keeper the light and the darkness. You will make these things possible for every need here. Father, I pray we cast the care of all of this onto you because we know that you are able to meet all needs. So Father, we just want to thank you for the provision. We want to thank you for the provision for health. We want to thank you for provision for healing. We want to thank you for provision for freedom. We want to thank you for provision for finances. We want to thank you for provision for, uh, for families. Father, we just want to thank you for who you are and what you are able to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Yemi, and thank you, panel.
Hopefully you've enjoyed this different setup today in, in terms of prayer and unpackaging these guys' wisdom. Um, at the end of church, they're going to be just lingering around the front. So if you've got any questions around prayer or you want them to pray for you, come and see them and they will pray for you. No problem at all. Don't forget, tonight is our 6pm service. We will see you in the room here. And I encourage you, while you're getting the tea and coffee, pray for someone or open a conversation around your prayer and fasting journey over this week or what you want God to do in your life over the next season. Amen? Fantastic. Enjoy church. Have a great week and we'll see you tonight.